There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. A dimension of sound. For the 158th time, you are not getting out of here. Please let me finish the Count of Monte Cristo. A dimension of sight. No change at all. What? I, I think I look fine. A dimension of mind. Next stop, the Twilight Zone. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Fifth Dimension of Twilight Zone podcast. Once again, I am your host, Nick. And uh, we're back for our seventh episode. Uh, the fact that we are on our seventh episode is pretty impressive. We've been doing this for almost two months. But as always, if you like what you see on this uh, podcast or if you listen to this podcast, we are on different audio feeds. Find us there. Find us on YouTube. And uh, once again, I am uh, with my host, uh, Triv from Trivial Theater, who is bouncing back and forth like she had too much coffee, maybe a little too brand- much brandy. Uh, what's going on, Triv? <laughs> Uh, I spent too much time in the uh, uh, Death Valley, and now I'm just here. <laughs> you drink some of that chocolate milk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god! There's, there That's was not so a much... euphemism that is actually chocolate milk. <laughs> exactly. Is that what we, we have? A, um, sure. Maybe it's a robot. <laughs> robot. <laughs> oh, you got there um, before I did. <laughs> oh, he wouldn't. He hasn't stopped talking about it. Like we were getting ready to go. And the entire time, he's like, every time I say robot, he'd be like, robot. 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 Are you a mechanical uh, frog? What are you? Witness, if you will, a story about robots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So that voice you're hearing is, of course, Jacob from Jacob Anders Reviews. He is the guy that will uh, say anything and everything for a dollar, I believe. But mostly he'll just uh, yell sense. at you and yeah exactly so uh jacob thank you for coming on to the uh fifth dimension podcast i know you're a big fan of the twilight zone and uh how are you doing how's everything going i am doing fantastical how are you guys doing i'm i'm i've been looking forward to talking about this show with you guys for a while i haven't watched the twilight zone in and honestly in years but i was really excited to get back in into the uh the fifth dimension on the show and here <laughs> and uh and talk about it so i'm really excited to see where this this uh, rabbit hole takes us talking about this little episode. Now I gotta ask yeah. before we go any further: Did you say fantastical or fantastical? Oh, it's always fantastical. Talking... <laughs> always fantastical. It's all balls out and stuff. Oh yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to be good here, Nick. Get her because she, she's she's pushing like my buttons, tease. man. She, <laughs> I'm trying to be. Well, good. she's the one. If you watch our intro, she's the one that's always howling. I'm trying to finish the goddamn Connie Count of Monte Cristo, and she's like, like, shut up. Put you back in your cage. How do you know that's me? It doesn't sound anything like me. I don't know. Have you seen American Werewolf in London? Things happen. Things happen. (sighs) Yeah, you're going to, I'm going to kick you in the balls if you keep talking like that. Oh man! First, I gotta become animated. Yeah, it's not. It's not gonna take much. I'll have to boot up your ass faster than you can say. I don't know, robot. (laughs) Robot. Gonna kick you in your robot balls. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I just turned into Eric Cartman. (laughs) 
So, I kiss my shiny metal ass. <laughs> so, so Jacob, I got to ask you, since you're a Twilight Zone fan, and I'll ask this to every guest who comes on, unless you come on again, which I won't care at that point. Um, what? <laughs> so you you picked this episode, which is a lonely. But do you have a do you have a specific episode that you really enjoy out of all of them, or is there this like because it's nice to see people come on with the episodes that are not you know time enough at last. So I don't sure. know if you have like a particular episode. <laughs> I do, in fact. It's not in the season, though. I'd say my favorite... I do like this episode. I like almost almost every Twilight Zone episode from what I remember, but as far as favorites go, this one did stick out, but my favorite um, from what I remember that has always stuck out to me is one from season two, I believe, called uh, The Invaders, I think is what it's called, uh, about a the woman like frontier woman on in the the shack with that's being attacked by aliens well that's what that's, we think, um, at least. that's actually come up a lot that's actually written by richard matheson which is pretty crazy wow. uh, mm-hmm. but um i think it's episode 56 that could be right. yeah it's 50 something it's it's uh, about mid-season on season two after the massive season that is season one with it's like fucking th- <laughs> i'm sorry 36 <laughs> beat that out 36 episodes <laughs> I, um, improve, I'm sure I'm not doing good here <laughs> we're, only, we're only a couple of minutes in uh, that's what they got the, the beat method for no, yeah. um, but like what what makes you like the Twilight Zone as a stupid question because I you've asked when, when I was on your show you were like I got some stupid questions for you and I'm like uh-huh. okay uh, what makes you like the Twilight Zone so much what is it about it that you love um, I mean all jokes aside I think the biggest thing about it is is like there are all these tales of morality and and just they all have what i re- the, the thing i've always what i always look forward in a good twilight zone episode is its ironic twist of fate and it does what a good short um is supposed to do and it has that perfect little ironic twist of fate there at the end that even though you know you're and what twilight zone does so good is because we've come pro we've become programmed when it comes to shorts uh, like with anthologies and things of that nature, to be looking for it. And sometimes you can find it, sometimes you can't. But with Twilight Zone, you could never, well, you could rarely guess it. And then all of a sudden it would hit you and you'd be like, oh, there it is. Oh, and it, it's just, they're all just so well written. Like they're, even your worst Twilight Zone episode is better than a lot of other shows and anthologies and things like that. They're, they're, they're just all fantastic. And I think, you know, the older they get um, and they're black and white, I think they're all black and white, right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. The, uh, um, they're they're black and white. They're older. I think a lot of people know the Twilight Zone, but they haven't necessarily seen the Twilight Zone. And unfortunately, I think with like some of the younger crowd, they probably don't. They're not going to go back and watch that. Not. I'm sure there are some, but some people, some younger people, aren't going to go back and watch that. And I just hope that we don't like lose the Twilight Zone, if you will, as far as like how people you know, uh, being a part of our, our culture and people thinking about it because it is such a great show that just tells these fantastic stories. And another thing I've noticed, and I ramble as we can see here, but um, a lot of people look at the Twilight Zone and when you say Twilight Zone, they they like associate it with horror. And while there is some horror episodes in the Twilight Zone, it's a lot less horror and a lot more, it, it really covers almost all genres but it's it's more sci-fi but at some point in time i think it like skewed over to at least the the public consciousness started thinking that it was more about horror and it's really not there's a lot less horror than there is like say sci-fi 
And as I said, it's usually these morality tales that have an ironic twist of fate in them. And I, I just love that. I've always loved the anthologies and short stories and stuff like that. And that's what the Twilight Zone is through and through. To point out that he said that even the worst uh, Twilight Zone episode I know is better than the this. lowest episode of uh, or the best episodes <laughs> of other shows. So uh, 16 millimeter shrine, do you want to rethink that at all? Or are you still going to hold your position on that? Hey, if you remember what I said in that episode, I said that episode is still better than half the garbage that's on TV right now. Well, that's right you, now. MTV. That's not saying much. I mean, if you want to be honest about it, I, I just, you know, I'm, this is a good reminder for people to go back and watch our previous episodes, including 16 millimeter shrine. Don't listen to Nick. Go check him out. <laughs> listen to the show, but don't listen to the, the one of the don't person. Listen to me. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm irrelevant. I'm I'm the glasses from uh, the Twilight Zone. I break You're not and... the glasses from the Twilight Zone. You're more um, like Alicia before you know the, the final act. You get shot in the face by the end. No, I, I said before the final act, not in oh, the okay. end, not okay. in the final act. And okay. thanks for giving the ending away. Oh, oh, oh oops, my bad. <laughs> I'm a, I'm Alicia. I'm in love with Jack Warden. You know, this is just how I, mean, I work. How can you not be? Yeah, that dude, Jack Warden is an awesome actor. But so with that said, like I said, like Triv said, go ahead and check out the other episodes. Check us out on Apple and Google and YouTube and all that stuff. But uh, today we're talking about season one, episode seven, which is, of course, called The Lonely. This is the episode that aired on November 13th, 1959. was directed by Jack Smite, which this might be his first episode. I can't remember offhand. Uh, written by Rod Sterling. We're going to talk about like the actual episode, but um, this is an episode with a lot of trivia. Triv, Jacob, as I don't know if you read any of the trivia, Jacob, but a lot of people uh, had heat stroke in this uh, production yeah. of this episode. The production code for this is 173-3602, which means this was the second episode ever produced uh, after the uh, pitch that was Where Is Everybody? Jacob, did you so you read about like what like what all happened? Like they filmed in Death Valley. Um this is actually the first one they filmed in Death Valley, I think, yeah. is what it yeah. said, and like many more would. This is also the first one, which I'm probably stealing what you were about to say, but um, this is also the first one, <laughs> the first episode filmed after the show got picked up by the CBS, yep. I guess it is, like CBS. officially yeah. picked up like as an actual show, so... Yeah, the um, that's why the production code uh, is it, pretty cool. Like, if you ever go to any TV show, you can actually tell when they film what episode was filmed when just by it said one seventy three is I don't remember how the code works, but thirty six oh two is the second episode filmed after Where's Everybody? But um, as you said, first film, first film in Death Valley. Um, this is where you have to take care of yourself, drink lots of water, but they weren't doing that. They were eating a lot of heavy ass food. Um, one person decided he was going to drink chocolate milk, uh, director of photography, <laughs> collapsed of heat stroke after falling off a camera crane. Yeah, they kept um, yeah. <laughs> Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, milk um, would be a bad idea. But uh, the, the part about that, I got to stop you, because the part oh, about yeah. that that I love the most is he fell off a, a, a freaking crane mm. <laughs> from heat stroke from the chocolate milk. <laughs> they kept filming. What I read is that they were like, he'll be all right. Walk it off. <laughs> Get up, Harry. It was the 50s. <laughs> it was actually shot. What's great is given the nature of this, they actually shot it in Desolate Valley. Like it was Death Valley, but it, within the canyon or a thing called Desolate Valley. Holy shit. When you're the desolate part of Death Valley. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I could just I just see this guy like in the 50s and they're sitting there and he like he 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 falls off a crane and he lands and they just look over and they're like, you know, film costs money. It's like keep on rolling. <laughs> keep okay he's okay <laughs> have a cup of coffee and a cigarette harry go sit it out grab a dry martini damn it walk it off you got five you got five this is a union job you gotta keep working <laughs> oh my god one other uh, kind of fun thing about this is so um uh rod serling did like a pitch to kind of find advertisers and stuff that would support the show and so they did um this one they did uh De- or uh denton mr denton on death day no mr denton what was it nick it was mr denton on doomsday on doomsday thank you and then any or where is everybody <laughs> i forgive you for not liking 16 millimeter shrine anyway <laughs> but in the pitch he's describing like this episode and the way he describes like the companionship between the between um Corey and alicia the the robot is really mm-hmm. interesting because they say basically um so he was gifted this robot um it was made out of plastic and wires with a machine for a heart it should provide a most bizarre experience as for the physiological extensions of their relationship which is male and then female machine and what they do in their spare time while we're leaving that wide open and you can just see him like winking at the camera going hey hey yeah <laughs> they might could be doing anything <laughs> yeah yeah, they're banging. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing we all thought. We were like, hey, what, what, what happens next? <laughs> what happened in that 11 months, buddy? <laughs> we know exactly what happened. Is she, she anato- was... anatomically correct? God, you I came on to the right is... episode, man, I tell you. <laughs> and we so haven't even got to the really great episodes yet. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Um, so... Yeah, what was the? Other, I forgot the other thing I was going to talk about. We're coming um, back to this, by the way. <laughs> I hope so. I well, got, it did take I got place. Questions. <laughs> so, Which attachment did you come with? Extra attachments. Ooh, I got more questions now. <laughs> uh, that's the after dark portion. You gotta give me uh, some time to figure that one out. My brain's not that. Oh my god! I could go real raw on After Dark. I got even more questions, and I got some answers now too. <laughs> they were using uh, some of that, some of that oil that uh, they used to make the sweat oh, appear yeah. as as lube for the After Dark portions. Oily lube. Oh. <laughs> um, so the, I should have just showed the outside like of that shack one time, and all you hear is. <laughs> I mean, just one good time. That's what I'm saying. It could have been in the background and like it would have passed, maybe passed the 50 sensors at that point. They weren't allowing people to sleep in in separate beds. I don't think they're allowing any kind of noises. If the shack comes a rocking, they're coming and knocking. I mean, I did only watch the episode once this time around and I wasn't paying attention, but you make a good point. I don't recall seeing a bed in that shack. No. I, mean, I guess we didn't see every single inch of it, but it's a shack. There's not a, like a lot of space there, so well, we didn't see every inch of him either. So you know, she did. <laughs> yeah, <then> she did. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she did. Oh, chicken, bow, bow. Uh, 
So anyway, <laughs> the episode, back on track. <laughs> yeah. So the episode stars uh, Jack Warden as J- uh, Corey, uh, John Denner as Allenby, uh, Gene Marsh as Alicia, Ted Knight, who of course you remember from uh, uh, what the hell is that movie? Uh, Caddyshack. He played the the oh, yeah. head of the, the evil a hole from Caddyshack. Yeah. Um, he plays Squirrel? Adams. And- yeah, he was quite he was quite a villain. Yeah. Uh, and James Turley is uh, Carstairs. Uh, yeah. Without further ado, uh, we're going to go ahead and get straight into the actual story. I would usually read the opening narration, but uh, Jacob had like one one uh, uh, demand. He said, I, yeah. I refuse to come on unless I read the opening and closing narration. He says, I will uh, hijack the podcast and <laughs> I will murder the rest of you. And um, I said, you know what? Yeah. Give me a cheeseburger and we're set to go. And I'm still waiting on that cheeseburger, but you're more than welcome to, to read the opening narration. So. Uh, I don't. I ate the cheeseburger. I have some fruit snacks. Though. I'm a bitch. <laughs> hey, fruit I, snacks are awesome. You can make a cheeseburger out of fruit snacks. I have some fruit snacks and gushers. I can uh, give you those. Ooh, can I get some of those gushers? <laughs> she's baiting me, Nick. I'm telling you, she's baiting. I, me. I know. Yeah, I bait everybody. It's half of my fun. Okay, let me get a little, let me do this narration. Yeah, but I've been I've been uh, like I was explaining to you guys. Since you guys, uh, because of this episode, I had to get back into Twilight. Not had to. I gladly got back into Twilight Zone. And I really do like Twilight Zone. So getting into it, I, uh, I've i been walking around my house since yesterday when I watched this episode talking like Rod Serling. At least what I think is what Rod Serling uh, sounds like. Now, I will spare you the face, the Rod Serling face that I do. Um, because it's it's something. It's kind of ugly. I looked in the mirror. I was like, oh, in my head, I looked like Rod Serling. Not so much. It's kind of <laughs> like this. Kind of think or something like that. I don't know, but it's it's really bad. Like one, it looks kind of like I had a stroke. But anywho, uh, let's move on with this thing. Let's see how my Rod Serling voice is. It's not good, but here we go. <clears throat> Witness, if you will, a dungeon made out of mountains, salt flats, and sound sand, not sound that stretch to infinity. The dungeon has an in, it has an inmate. If I could read right, it, it's a, <laughs> that's what I was about to say. Is anyway, the dungeon. <laughs> has an inmate, James Day Corey, and this is his residence, a metal shack, an old touring car that squats in the sun and goes nowhere, for there is nowhere to go. For the record, let it be known that James A. Corey is a convicted criminal placed in solitary confinement. Confinement in this case, case stretches as far as the eye can see because this particular dungeon is on an asteroid nine million miles from Earth. Now witness, if you will, a man's mind and body shriveling in the sun a man dying of loneliness and robots <laughs> that is one hell of a paragraph i'm telling you what man. yeah i got this really bright light in my eye too that's like a little closer than usual in this new space and my eyes keep watering i'm gonna say that's why i kept stumbling over my words is that anyway. why you almost yeah. said enema and enema yeah, no i just <laughs> i'm just drawn to that just drawn to that okay um, <laughs> so this dialogue is extremely long. I remember I was watching the episode today and I'm like, wow, this is almost as long as No Time to Die. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> and um, so this is a pretty straightforward opening narration. It talks about a guy named James A. Corey. And he did something. He's on a planet 9 million miles from Earth. So apparently it only takes three years or three months to get to. Uh, apparently they can still see their Orion belt for some reason. But after seeing this dialogue, after seeing the 
kind of the first signs of the character. What was your overall take? Did this get you excited for the episode? Did this make you think that this was something that would intrigue you? How do you guys feel about it? I remembered this episode going differently than it went. Now, mm. like I said earlier, it's probably been 20 years since I, at least since I last saw this episode, at least 15 years. It's been a long time, but um, I remember like as I was watching the episode and we saw we we saw the crawl there I was like okay yeah I remember this is my jam I, I like these kind of these kind of episodes but where it ends up going which I'll, I guess we'll get to I just remember it taking a different turn and I got thoughts about that but yeah going into it I was kind of like yeah yeah okay cool I like these types of episodes so I was excited I suppose well first I was trying to figure out how far nine million miles it was and that's basically from the earth to the sun essentially I think it's like 9.3 million miles so there's probably meaning there yeah probably <laughs> I'm sure so <laughs> or something but um so yeah from that perspective it was like wow that's 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 crazy and you know, to fund that would be like, my brain went down that road of like, wow, funding and one solitary person on a, on a three or sorry, six million or 6,000 mile rock. Wow. They, these guys must've done some pretty crappy stuff to be popped all the way out in the middle of nowhere. So they even gave him his uh, a starter kit for a car that he apparently spent a year building. Yeah, exactly. For his, for his having them out in the middle of nowhere, they actually do do stuff but there was like no garden there was no um obviously you couldn't in that heat but there was you know my brain went to all the logistics and it's like it was hard to keep on track for what the episode was but that's just my brain being weird so yeah that was a question i had because he actually does talk about how he's there for murder but he said it was you know self-defense and all that but gee who did he supposedly murder yeah where they put him nine million miles away or however far away it was on an asteroid all by himself? The, like you said, yeah. how, do you know how much it costs to launch a rocket? I mean, I know this is supposed to be 2046, I think. Yeah. But Jesus, that's that seems like a bit overkill to me. It's not like a trip to the grocery store. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, hell, we're still in we're in 2021 and we still can't figure out how to uh vent toilets that you know flush and you know reuse water source, you know. This is Hell, they can't even get the auto flush toilets to auto flush properly every time. Yeah. So exactly. I just want um, mine to be a portable iTunes player personally. Well, every time you poop, it just makes like sweet, sweet music and stuff. Exactly. They have that. They have that for kids. Do they? Oh, Do they? When they use I've the never... bath, I, I have had one of those. Not for myself. I was I was uh in I, I almost tried it myself, but it works. When they use the bathroom, it plays a little song. Uh Jens, if you'll excuse me, I will uh I'll, I'll be right back. Excuse me. And go find one of those toilets. <laughs> oh. oh, I thought you were like leaving us. I thought you were just <laughs> she's like, I found the new product I can sell for a million dollars. No, but <laughs> What, what's what's great about this episode what i really love is how they envision the future and then we're in that future or close to it it's like you go back and watch you know blade runner or something like that and it's like we're, we're not at the point where we're building robots to have sex with us and stuff like that well but if you go to japan to a, well that's yeah. true they build gundams <laughs> and stuff like that over there but anyway so Corey convicted of murder probably was the one-armed man or some shit and um <laughs> <laughs> he sentenced to 50 That's years of solitary <laughs> yeah, but he sentenced to 50 years of solitary confinement on a distant asteroid so if he's on an asteroid and hopefully it doesn't contain like sandworms or something like that how is this so hot on this asteroid like is he literally like roping around the sun 
Well, like, like Trip no said, he's almost—he's almost at the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? I guess. Didn't you say that's like the distance? Well, it's like it's you know it's a distance from sun the moon or sorry from the Earth to the sun is like three nine point three. So it could be in any other direction though. It may not be. I'm pretty sure if we get much closer to the sun, though, we just will kind of, you know, burn up. Because well, if like it's Mercury. this hot here. <laughs> yeah, look at Mercury. I mean, that, yeah. that right there, it, it, it burns on one side and freezes on the other. I don't think yeah, they put that much thought into it when they. Uh, no, when they, they put, didn't. Put the but, you know, it was it was pre um, space race. So, you know, it was more not magical, but it was that era, like that classic era of, of space oriented sci fi. No, I, think. I mean, look at their costumes. Better. They're amazing. Yeah, it's like track suits. It's like yeah. <laughs> and football Nike helmets. track suits. Yeah, and when that wind picks up, I think that one guy looks like he's wearing hammer pants. He's just gonna take off. <laughs> I was I gonna was say great. the the helmets reminded me of the uh, of the farting guy from Freaked. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I know what guy you're talking about. That hat he wore. Yeah, <laughs> it did. Those are the same helmets. They were. I got these random football helmets left over from the last period drama we did. You guys want to use them to go into outer space? (laughs) Sounds legit. That's all we need. Let's jump into a rocket with some OG football helmets on. (laughs) I don't know how. Back then, I don't know if they would have been that old. I think a better question. uh, Yeah, the heat is actually a real good question. That didn't occur to me. But I think seeing us other on an asteroid somewhere um, out in space, how, how is it like, you know, it's apparently this asteroid is on an axis to where it has a day-night cycle. I guess. Is it ever night there? I don't think it yeah, ever is it night. Is. Well, yeah, you're right. No, it, it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's it, it's on a, a day-night cycle. There's gravity, and they can breathe. So this is a hell of an asteroid. Yes, it is. Yeah. And clearly, they haven't seen um, Armageddon, so we clearly <laughs> That's don't That's what I kept about. thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Just waiting for um, Bruce and his crew to, like, show up to... <laughs> Freaking Aerosmith. <laughs> I was also going to uh, say, you're talking about spacesuits. You want to, like, this was goofy, but you get, like, mm. a lot of, like, major motion pictures, at least, like, the B movies, which honestly, the budgets probably weren't crazy big. But my God, these look legit compared to a lot of those B movies. So, uh, not that it's perspective, but it's a little bit of perspective. <laughs> and it's ironic because it's the second episode ever filmed, too, which makes it even funnier. Agreed. So this guy, Corey, played by Jack Warden, pretty much uh, confined to death on an asteroid that apparently has gravity. And um, on the 15th day of the sixth month of the four year of incarceration, he's visited by a spacecraft blown by a Captain Allenby, who's played by John, John Denner. And um, he has like two of the most angry crewmen I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> um, These guys are straight like, assholes. <laughs> but he's like, We've been traveling eight months out of the year to bring you food and stuff like that. And he's just like, I'm like, eight months. So it takes them two months to get there, but they're only eight months out of the year. I was really confused by the logistics of like time and space in this episode. I'm assuming um, a month coming and a month going. Wow. A month. Like it that's, takes a, them- that's a fast spaceship though. It's like, yeah, it'd be super nice. Like, well, it is 2046. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's true. One uh, year later, you got Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> 2047. <laughs> you just need some boob casinos, like with the, you know, the desert sand. Well, you know, um, you give him some time on that casino or on that planet, you know, and he can clearly build his own boob casino. Exactly. I need about um, 100 Alicia's. Can you send them my way? <laughs> he can make his own. True. Sure. I mean, just does everything work? Yeah. <laughs> 
just make them out of rocks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But anyways, this guy is really lonely. He's built a car. He has checkers made out of bolts and nuts and stuff like that. And Albie and his crew approach him, give it his uh, food. They have apparently like 15 minutes because apparently this asteroid is on a collision course for another asteroid or some crap. I don't know. Their, their uh, is... orbit trajectory would have been off and they would have been lost in space forever. But the way that he says it makes him sound like, you know what, guys, this guy's a real loser. We just need to get the hell out of here. Just give him exactly. some excuse about an orbit or something. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah. let, let me step back real quick to the guys yeah. you're talking about the the asshole crewmen who are there to unload the the stuff for them. They're like major douchebags for no reason. So I mean, yeah, I believe they probably could work in like the Department of Corrections um, in the future. <laughs> but that aside, they're complaining about this this long cycle about how long it takes them to to uh, get there and back. And uh, my kids don't even recognize me and all this and that. Which if you're only gone for a month. I think it were eight months. Your kids don't recognize you. What the hell? But anyway, he, they're complaining about this. And I'm like, did somebody make you do this? Like, are you a convict that's being made to do this? Did you not know that when you signed on for the job? I mean, did they not tell you? Oh, you're, yeah, there's some light travel involved and you're <laughs> gone for like a year. Actual I mean, light speed travel, not light travel. I feel like this is one of those situations where I hear people bitch and moan about their jobs. And I'm like, did you not know that when you signed on? <laughs> See, the Didn't funny part is I, job. <laughs> I, um, I complain about my job all the time about a certain mega corporation. And yeah. they're like, why are you complaining? It's like the second time you've worked for them. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, um, that's these guys. I feel like these guys are. And that's why the captain looks so depressed whenever these guys talk. Because I feel like these two guys are bitching and moaning the whole eight months they're on this trip. And he's oh, just I'm like, sure. yeah shut the just shut up <laughs> and they're up there the whole time like man i don't get paid enough they need to pay us more we need to form a union i ain't even supposed to be here today <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like oh my god i just i'm gonna leave you on one of these rocks better be happy we need you for navigation johnson <laughs> um it's it's funny because you, you like you think about like the logistics thing like what you're saying and then alan b's like you know what i feel sorry for you Corey. your your uh whatever what is it called his uh pardon or whatever is not up so i'm just gonna give you this random crate it's vacuum packed so you know like the, the typical robot is and um they leave and then before they leave one of them goes hey what was in that big box i don't know could be it could be nothing could be everything it's only for the lonely yeah i don't and, feel uh, like the conversation ended there yeah. <laughs> not with these guys i feel like they got on the ship he's like what the hell does that mean <laughs> i don't feel like these guys would have like just accepted Quippy, that answer like captain yeah. Quippy and so damn poetic and give it's it like, to me straight that's great but what was in the box yeah. uh, what mean, was in the box hopes and dreams what's in the box <laughs> we've been traveling for eight months what's in the box and he tells them oh that was a uh a robot woman god damn it leave me on the leave me on the <laughs> leave me on the asteroid we just left him an e-girl and they're like oh, oh we go man. back <laughs> oh, god. Uh, it's a v-tuber man it's a v-tuber <laughs> exactly normal setting she'd be quite average looking but according to uh internet fans uh she's the best looking woman ever so <laughs> according to asteroid asteroid uh times the best woman ever <laughs> according to to universal playboy <laughs> she's the hottest woman on the planet yeah oh my God. <laughs> the only woman so, on the planet there you go. so this guy lives on a rock hot as hell 
and has I'm assuming no ACs and he lives in a shack that's made out of what metal or whatever. Oh yeah, not a good choice. No. Yeah, no. Milk was and, a bad uh, choice. <laughs> oh man. But he um he opens up the crate, which didn't look very vacuum packed, I'll be honest. And uh he see we see uh Gene Marsh, Alicia standing there. And he I'm uh, I swear like the men are really angry at people in this episode because he's like super angry at her. He uh he calls her a mock, mocking reminder of loneliness. Yeah, it's just like he feels like he's being mocked by her because she's a robot. I got thoughts and, on um, this too, yeah. 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 Well, that's what I'll just let you guys go into it. It's like so we have this woman or this robot, and you know, this is the only companion he's gonna have for possibly 45, 49 years or whatever. He's like super angry about it. I'm like, dude, she has all the human parts. She is lifelike. I'm pretty sure most men on a planet like an asteroid are not gonna complain about it being a robot, you know. So go ahead, Jacob. I'm going to let you, Trev, Jacob, you guys go ahead and yeah. your thoughts on this. Ahead, yeah. um, okay, so, all right, let, let's, let's, let's just, let's put it out there, ladies and jelly spoons. This is <laughs> ah, what's going gonna on put here. It out there. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what our character is going to do. That's what I'm getting at. As Nick said, just get into it. That is what happened. All right. This, that, that is the part of the episode that was wildly inaccurate, wildly unbelievable. Because, yes, if there were other people there, he could be like, you're playing with my emotions and all things. Okay, this guy's <laughs> been on this, he's been on this rock in this shack alone, no contact, female or otherwise, for two years. And a woman, well, robot or not, a lifelike, assuming anatomically correct, more kind of at first at least subservient woman shows up he is not upset and he is not talking about his feelings there's one thing they're talking about you don't use words much he's getting in that they're gonna (laughs) that i know it was the 50s and they couldn't go into it much but he's not upset he's not mad he is happy as hell there's something at least talking to him and there's something he can get it on with because i don't care what anybody says it's a man it's a woman i believe uh triv mentioned something earlier about the uh marketing where rod serling even alluded to that yes this guy is just happy as hell i'm gonna go i'm gonna plow the shit out of that robot that robot i'm gonna smash that robot butt He's killing it. Okay, now after that, maybe he's got like some some prenut record, uh, <laughs> like like he he's got a lot on his mind after that, and he's like, and he thinks about it, and he's like, you know, that's when he thinks about his feelings, and he's like, I do feel like you're mocking me just by being here. Don't leave. I'm happy that you're here because there's no way in hell that this guy has been alone for two years. And he's got 47 years left all alone. He doesn't give a crap that it's a robot or not. It's human enough. So, I mean, I get where the episode was going with the whole, like trying in all honesty and like all seriousness about like him doing the whole, my, my feelings, my emotions, and it's driving me crazy. Yeah. (laughs) That's where it should have gone. But I mean, (laughs) But realistically, what I'm saying is that's what would have happened. He would have, he would have just killed that. He probably would have broke that robot in half. <laughs> it would come back three months later. You got another what one? Did you do to her? Did you bring some it's more like... parts? <laughs> I need to repair parts. Like, I don't even need food anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
They would have been like, you are a murderer. Look what you did to this. No, no, no. It wasn't like that. That that just (laughs) fell apart. There was a loose bolt. Built up. (laughs) Yeah, there was a loose nut nut loose. (laughs) I'm sorry. That wasn't one-eyed man. That was one-eyed Willie. I don't know where he went. (laughs) Oh, man. But But yeah. I get where they were going with it, but and and that that was poignant i suppose i get what they're trying to say but all i could think the whole time was like you said why the hell's he mad even if you know all sexual stuff aside I, even why would he be mad i mean he should be at least happy that there's something there to talk to him something to fill the void that the other than his own voice and that, that... <laughs> he wanted to fill the void <laughs> she's doing it again um <laughs> All he does now is like he honks a horn and talks to himself here or there. Now he's got a, another horn to, horn to honk. So <laughs> he should be happy. We need, we need like, a, like an, in, or a, an innuendo counter at the bottom of the screen, I think. No, I just call this a PG-13 podcast. Yeah. I'm trying. No, you're doing fine. If you go off the rails, it's fine. Um, Don't tell me that. that. um but that like the point where he is telling her that she's being mocked she's crying tears that ends the set first act of this because it's like a two-act episode with that said with everything that's been thrown out there before we get into like the how how the of course orion belt can be seen from this asteroid um what did you guys think of the first half what was your over thoughts did you feel it worked did you feel it didn't work i know we talked about what he would and would not do with the robot but like overall what did you think of the first part oh i was wondering were we missing a part like where she gives him water or does it end with him saying i won't accept you i mean i guess they are in there's a part where they're in the house and he like rejects that's when she goes you're mocking me and stuff like that i'm like okay but there's a part in there that really yeah but there's a part in there that really strikes like like probably as risque as they could get with uh twilight zone at the time like she says i can feel thirst and then he's like can you feel heat yes can you feel cold that whole like thirst and heat part of it you know and maybe that's just 21st century looking back but there's some pretty charged if you go by that definition there's some charged words in there she thirsty yeah well you know she she traveled with those two I'm sorry, what were you saying? I was going to just say, you you think for the time, and and I don't know, those connotations for those words at that point might not have been just basic thirst, basic heat, basic cold, but like looking at it from now, I mean, there is quite a lot of, you know, ooh, sexual tension and and just that that sense of things, you know? There are multiple angles you can look at. Yeah, they they were doing all over the place with multiple angles. (laughs) positioning was just everything <laughs> it is it totally oh. is <laughs> i mean is, is this the kind of robot that's flexible can it like bend its legs up and like different angles is this like a spider robot is this is, is this the um general grievous of robots <laughs> probably not that much oh man i want to know the if things, he's you know what robots can do from, from the female from the female angle on this i want to know if he's flexible I mean, he's old and crunchy. I don't know how. (laughs) He's probably all full of sand. He hates himself, you know? Well, he better be flexible. That's all I'm going to say. Because she deserves pleasure, too. After two years of being stuck on that rock, he's he he ain't going to be much of anything. At least at first, the first few times are going to be they're going to be kind of quick and over. <laughs> he's going to need a little bit of lube. <laughs> oh god. Um. 
so uh jacob did you have anything else like was there anything else you wanted to talk about on the first part no i mean i did that i did actually like the setup because like you said this is less of a three act i mean it, you could maybe look at this three it is kind of like a two act story and yeah. that is actually one of the issues i had with it when we get to the end i'll talk about but as far as the first act goes the setup i, I did like it i mean you know i i, I liked the implications of where it could go get your gears turning thinking of you know how's this going to work out what's going to happen because i think we all know going into it once all that happens it's not like he's going to hate her forever we expect him to like develop some type of feelings for her but what's going to happen from there and that that is that's what i liked about the setup of this this story and and i think they did a pretty good job of that well, it's funny because when they come back from commercial break, whatever, however long commercial break is, I think it's like two minutes long. Um, they're they're basically underneath the stars. They're looking up at somehow. And like I said, I've been complaining about how the hell they can see Orion's belt from this nine million far away asteroid. And you know, he's talking to her like you know he's finally uh, he's finally in love with her and stuff like that. And as we're gonna see in this episode or this final conclusion, it's like. We don't get enough time with Alicia. We get some time, but because it's only 25 minutes, they have to wrap it up and, you know, get them off the planet and stuff like that. But I would I would love to be able to see, like, this episode start out, not even with Allenby, just with this guy, Corey, with this woman. And then the big twist at the end is Allenby arrives, says you've been pardoned, and then we realize it's a robot, stuff like that. But That would have been cool. Yeah, but um, she has be she has basically lashed onto him he's finally in love with her feels like she's a person and then we get to the whole concept that we see the spaceship arriving he realizes oh she actually realizes oh it's a little early for him to come back they just came back like three months ago or whatever leading into before we get into the allenby stuff like did you feel that this was starting to get a little rushed do you feel like the writer rod sternley was trying to wrap this up too quickly what do you guys think i felt like it was missing a second act like you said, um, or or starting off with them together and ditching the first act, I feel like we're missing that part of like getting to know her and them, because like it goes from him like whooping her ass and hating her to commercial break, and then they come back and he's in love, and she he realizes she's a real part. It is very rushed. I mean, I w- and I would have been okay with that, except for where it ends up going in the end, which is yeah we'll get there in a minute but um i i just wanted more of i felt like we were missing that second act because we were we were missing the Mm -hmm. second act there's the first act there's a third act and there's just no second act there's like a few like remnants of it of them like playing chess and and sitting under the stars but that's literally what like 60 seconds and i guess it's because they had to cram it into this 30 minute um uh time slot I do wonder, was the original story maybe longer than that? I don't know how Sterling wrote if he if he wrote knowing, oh, I've got 30 minutes and that's it. Or if maybe he wrote longer stories and then adapted these into those. I'm, I'm not sure. But it really seems like there's more story there about them to give the ending a bit more impact. The, the one thing I would say with this to this point is we don't really get to know Alicia because like there's a line in there about how he felt like Alicia was an extension of him. So I yeah. think to, from, from some perspective, you know, him, you know, her to some extent. Yeah. Like she is it, made to please and to, to fit to him more than anything else. Well, it never really goes into it, but I was thinking 
what I kind of took from it was kind of like in more modernized sci-fi with robots and things when they're first awakened or born they're kind of blank to a degree they're only programming they don't have a lot of like ai actual ai they they're kind of blank and um to a degree and then as they interact with people they learn more and become more aware and become more lifelike and i'm kind of got that with her like when she was first talking to him she was like my name is alicia what is your name? <laughs> she had a very, not that robotic, but she had a robotic but voice. Role, yeah. yeah. And then by the end, she's, or by the middle, she's talking much more. It's supposed to be 11 months, I believe. Yep. She's yeah. talking a lot more human. And I think maybe that, maybe that's where he was at least kind of sort of that thought process is she developed her personality based on him and knowing him. So that would be kind of like why to know her is to know me and vice versa. She's exactly. an extension of me. I think that's probably what they were trying to do with knowing that they had the limited schedule. My guess is that that line was put in there to kind of help to bridge that. And I do think that's pretty cool. That is very much like the Twilight Zone is a lot of times that is forward thinking to a degree. I mean, you find that a lot in the Twilight Zone to where like there'll be things that pop up and maybe they're not exactly like that, but there are things that pop up in that show that at the time were science fiction. Mm -hmm. But now at least a variation of that is science fact and it is more, when it comes to the Twilight Zone, while it's a fantastical version of it, it is more in line and realistic-ish to what will eventually come compared to other media of the time. Exactly. But, you know, you do get a lot of that with any really good sci-fi. Like, mm-hmm. you look at um, uh, Jules Verne, like, what he came up with. I mean, you look at great sci-fi across history, and they're, they are, to some extent, able to like think ahead on what what they know and build off of that to the point where we see what's out there. You can even take Star Trek from the 60s and and you know the communicators and things like that. Like there is some truth to that. Yeah. So. It's a great science fiction is Transcend. science fiction today and science fact tomorrow. Exactly. That if you ever talk to a scientist or somebody is developing especially the ones that are developing murder robots today um <laughs> They're all influenced by the Twilight Zone and Star Robots. Trek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, anime or whatever. And when you said AI, I thought you were going to talk about the uh, Steven Spielberg movie because this robot, Alicia, is like David, the jo- Haley Joel Osment character, where it yeah. comes out in a package. It's imprinted onto Corey's character like David is to the mother who, you know, her son's almost dying. And in the end, it almost feels like a lifelike human being but we know as a robot but it feels like it just has the same kind of you know concept and theory behind it and that's what i always found interesting because if you think about what rod sterling is doing is like you said he is considered to me a very forward forward thinking person he Mm -hmm. thought about the stuff that we could be dealing with today because if you look at like the monsters that do on maple street or um the the one that's about the um the black guy who gets lynched i can't remember what, it's like dark as night or something like that those are very prevalent in today's society you know stuff about space and going to these things and locations or how earth collapses upon itself if you look at the the man in the mountain or whatever it's about the fears that we have about you know what is not that we don't see and how we're kind of you know uh influenced stuff like that that's what these kind of episodes are so important in the scheme of things is they actually push forward the ideas and concepts of 
not in this sense because we're not going to be wearing tracksuits or anything like that. But you never know, man. man oh, well, yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah, nanotech is a great thing. <laughs> exactly. Running around in Nike tracksuits, just bucket naked <laughs> under everybody. <laughs> Two thousand one to Space Odyssey. Everybody wears white. Yeah. Wind kicks up, and you just. <laughs> I just want the right. I want the drugs that what's his face was on when he like saw all the bright lights coming towards him. He went into like a different dimension or whatever. I haven't seen two thousand one in forever, but yeah, yeah, that was that stuff that uh, Tom Cruise was taking in Minority Report. That's the, yeah, that there was, you go. exactly <laughs> like a babe. I mean, look at that. <laughs> hey, well, once again, there's great science fiction that's become kind of well actually has become science fact if you will like i was saying a minute ago we laugh about it but i mean in that movie what 2001 i believe is when it came no pun intended but that's when it came out i think or 2002 mm-hmm. in that movie mm-hmm. the, the drug was like this little capsule thing he puts it in and it's in it's like a vape pretty much and he gets stoned i mean we have those now i mean that's not <laughs> what this is this is just nicotine but they have the ones where people are doing drugs by vaping now so that's much yeah. like this show, that's one of the situation where fiction became fact. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think exactly. the fact that there's so much of that that influenced, like you said, a lot of the people that are scientists today were influenced by Twilight Zone. A lot of the stuff that's out there today will influence the next generation of scientists because of what it is. And sure. they make that stuff reality because it's what they grew up on. I mean, look at, depending on what you think about the guy or not, somebody like Elon Musk, I mean, he's he's got... He's, clearly inspired by space balls and now he's got cars that run around going <laughs> ludicrous mode plaid mode and stuff like that from space balls i mean that's a little I mean, different but you know what i mean he's obviously influenced by that as a child did you see his ex-girlfriend she looked like a, a leather clad uh dark helmet the way she was dressed <laughs> oh yeah with the communist manifesto oh, thing that she was I, yeah i don't know what day. was going i don't know what was going on with that costume but she looked like she was a she was like uh doing some bondage work or something i don't know but <laughs> yeah she yeah i don't know what was going on there i saw i think i saw that picture too though she yeah. looked kind of yeah that was an odd choice but hey when you're rich you can do shit like that oh yeah i mean that's right tom cruise jumped up and down on a couch so hey he opened the door <laughs> yeah he opened a lot of doors <laughs> yeah we don't talk about that <laughs> um so the story continues with basically we get Alan B and his two jerk uh, employees with him. Actually, are they different this time? <laughs> no, they're the same ones. The same, the same oh, assholes. The same jerk employees. Um, and they land and they they like Alan B's coming over like a fat guy he's trying to go for a turkey or something like that. He's like, yeah, I got good news for you. And uh, he's like, your party came up, and I I don't know if like Corey's in like a different headspace or whatever. And they're talking about like all these pardons got taken care of and. They finally tell him we have to leave in 20 minutes, but you only can bring like 15 pounds of stuff, which, you know, I don't know what the spaceship is, but they, they rescued seven other people. And that's where we get to like the really <laughs> different. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know how many people, I don't know how much this ship could weigh. Like, you think a ship like this would be able to carry like millions of pounds or hundreds of thousands of pounds or whatever. And here it can but only carry like nine other, people. You carry, well, you look at all the other stuff though. It's only built to handle so much weight. Like, you look and not that. Apollo 11 was from the 60s so clearly you know quite a bit of difference but they allot so much weight and if you've got you know a bunch of fat asses on your thing there's you know a can do? <laughs> there's a really from around it was a little bit before this time it was I think it was written in the 40s it may have been the 50s actually it's 40s or 50s there's a great story oh man I can't remember the guy's name but um the story's called the cold equations cold equation and uh it's a short story they actually made it into a full-length movie with Bruce Campbell's brother oh nice Oh, 
if you like the story, it's okay to watch, but it's, you know, it's low budget. But anyway, it's basically about that. It's about how you have these spaceships that are so streamlined and like allotted exactly the amount of fuel that they need to get from here to here. So if there's any variable, it, you're going to crash. So like with that, I mean, I got, I kind of hearkened to that when, when I, I didn't think the show was necessarily hearkening back to that because it would have been around the same time. Maybe they were, but I did think of that when they said that I was like, you know, maybe I, maybe it's a fuel thing, I guess. Cause like in that story, what it basically is, is he has a stowaway who's a 12 year old girl. And then he, you don't know it as the reader, but until about halfway through the story, he's sitting there doing all these things and she's just like, it's not that big a deal. And what he's trying to do is figure out a way he can make it work, but it turns out he can't and he has to jettison her out the airlock. Wow. Just because she wanted to go see her brother somewhere. It's kind of, it's the cold equation. It's like, because he's taking, I know we're, I'm derailing this episode, but he's taking okay. a uh, a cure for a disease to this other planet, a colony. So like something like, 30 people or depending on him making it there so if he stops and turns around or if he throws out some of the stuff he needs to get there doesn't make it there 30 people die so it's like you have 30 lives versus one what's what do we do and you know spoiler alert 30 make it one doesn't (laughs) well there was this uh movie on netflix uh that came out a few months back and it's about these three astronauts who are trained to go to, I think, Mars or something like that. And they have just enough to support them. I think it's called Stowaway, actually. Stowaway. But then, I didn't yeah, see it, but guy, I know what you're talking about. You did see it? No, I didn't, didn't see, see it, it but oh, okay. I know which movie you're talking about. Um, but the guy, there's this guy that's like a, a worker or whatever. He somehow lands in the, on the ship and things start going chaos and they have to figure out who to get off the ship to kill or basically kill off because they can't afford to, you know, because they only have a certain amount of stuff. And yeah, it's a very depressing thought, but it's like, you know, if you only have a certain amount of weight, certain amount of food, someone has to die. Yeah. That's, a cannibal. It's, it's like the same idea, probably based at least somewhat on that idea, but good short story, by the way, check it out. I mean, it's really only, I don't know, maybe 20 pages long oh. like that. So it's nice. not a long story, but it's, it's a really good story. It's well written. It's one of the first stories I read. I remember reading it when I was an older teen, and I was like, "Oh, she, oh they did that." I wasn't expect. You keep expecting in the story them to find out a way, figure it out, mm-hmm. and then when it gets to the end, and he has to do the deed, and it's really tough on him, but he has to do it for the greater good. Um, it's oh, like, wow, yeah. I was like, you don't expect that, especially from the story from like the fifties. You're like, oh no, they're gonna figure something out, and they never do because it's a twelve year old kid too. Yeah. an innocent girl and but it doesn't matter that's just the cold hard fact of that type of thing that's going on there that's why the fuel thing made sense to me yeah in this episode <laughs> but you know, yeah. this one kind of ends that same way to some i mean it does have um you know bits of that when we do get to the end with what goes well down. yeah like uh we'll actually we'll actually go there so he's given his pardon he's told he can only bring 15 pounds he has been on this planet for a long time, so his thought process is not really working. He's like, let me go get Alicia. And Alan B's like, oh, not this again. And then he tries to find Alicia. But anyways, he's like, you can't bring Alicia because she's too heavy. And he's like, no, 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 that's not how this works. And then he goes running after to Alicia because he can't find her in the house. 
and uh they find alicia and the crater i guess the same area where they were you know looking at ryan's belt hiding behind a rock yeah (laughs) like not doing a good job either (laughs) but anyway um but this is what is considered the most one of the most shocking moments in Twilight Zone history. Alan B just straight up cold cock or not cold cocks, but straight up cold in a cold nature just Murders shoots Alicia ass. in the face. <laughs> yeah. And we see that she's just parts and wires. But it's depressing because this guy came to know this woman or this robot as a human woman and he grew to love her and here, this guy with no sympathy at all just shoots her in the face and let, instead of letting like uh, Corey do it or something like that. And it ends with, um, I must remember that. I must remember to keep that in mind because assuring him he will only be leaving behind loneliness. And um, what do you guys, like, I, I know I'm skipping like quickly in this in this segment, but what was your guys' overall thought about this kind of really messed up moment? <laughs> like a really messed up moment for something that came out in 59. I was really... And still am kind of torn and divided on the end of this episode because part of me doesn't like it. Not because of what happens, but because of what I wanted to happen. And part of me likes it because it was bold because he just straight pulls his gun out and he's like, hey, dude, this is how it's got to be. And like you expect him to stop her, kind of like I was talking about with the story a minute ago, or stop him. You expect him to stop mm-hmm. him from shooting. He just blows, the, like just show, shoots <laughs> her in the face. And he's like, you blew my e-girl's face off. And like, <laughs> she's down there all Westworld with like her face all jacked up. And like that part, I mean, I did like that, how they went there and just shot this. I mean, as a, a robot, but at the same time, <laughs> you, we view her as a human being kind of like he does. Yeah. And they just shot her in the face. But really, I got to say, as far as the ending goes, because as soon as that rocket dropped down and they're like, oh, they're early. We all knew, okay, yeah, he got mm. pardoned. We know what the thing's going to be. He's yep. He got pardoned, and he can't take, for whatever reason, he's not going to be able to take her. And, uh, well, you know, that's going to be the, the the issue here. And, like, I was thinking it would have been, I don't know if it would have been more interesting or not, if, like, he either, A, decided to stay and just stayed with her, or something else other than just shooting her in the face. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I was thinking there would be something a little bit more. It, that's what this episode was kind of, I guess, the ironic twist of fate, if you will, that I was talking about in the beginning of the episode was that he finally came to care about this person and or this, oh, for for lack of a better term, this person, this object, and then he has it taken away from him, and he thought he had lost everything, and he finally found what something that really made him happy out here in the middle of nowhere, and now going back to what he originally wanted he is losing everything again so it's kind of like a double-edged sword so i guess that is the ironic twist of fate if you will but just it just kind of ends like you shoot her in the face and then it's over i was just expecting so i wanted something a little more i thought it would have been more poignant if he stayed behind and they did make that point to where you know he lost everything but then he found everything and he didn't want to lose everything again or something like that I don't know. Well, it's like um, when you think about a story, and I'm trying to think about a movie where I can't remember what the name of it is, but you have somebody who has been on this rock for you know three, four years, or whatever it is. It finally, gets somebody that relates to him that he feels comfortable with, gets that taken away from him, and now he's going to a place that is going to be even more lonely for him because he's been isolated for so long that it really affects someone. It makes you wonder, like does this episode deal with like the causes and causality of 
what it's like for things to change for a particular individual and how loneliness is a thing that doesn't matter where you are can affect you in you know specific ways and like i said he's going to a place where he may not even be happy he might be like the guy from you know shawshank redemption and end up like hanging himself or something just thinking yeah. about that I, yeah. And I, I think it may have been even more interesting, possibly, if they went with, well, I mean, they did, if sticking with the way that they did in the episode with, you know, him leaving, it could have been even more interesting if instead of shooting her in the face, how about they land and they say, hey, you've been pardoned. And he's like super excited and he does just leave. And he's like, he kind of has this change of heart in the moment. And he says, oh, well, she's just a robot, a robot. Um, and and he goes in the excitement of being able to get out of there but then maybe we see him back on earth or wherever he's going I guess earth or maybe on the way maybe we see him a little bit after he leaves and he he's gotten what he's been saying he wanted so long but then when he's got that he realizes what he actually wanted was that that's back there and now he's lost it again I think that would have been even more interesting and then just like show her standing on the planet all alone or something and now in his haste to get what he thought he wanted, he lost what he ended up truly wanting, and he also condemned this other thing that they did say. She has feelings. She has emotions. She cares. She is a mechanical thing, but she is essentially, because they didn't have the term then, I guess, maybe AI. She's a living thing. So, you know, he lost it all again, and he condemned this, this entity to the same fate. I think that would have been more interesting, but... Who am I to tell Rod Sterling what the hell to do? <laughs> See, I was looking Whoa. at this and I kind of thought like, like when he, cause obviously Corey was fighting about, about leaving and they had only so much time. I think he shot the robot in the face or shot Alicia in the face to prove to him that, Hey, this is a robot. That shock value kind of pulled him back to where sure. he needed to be to some extent. And they regarded, it was shocking and it was, there was a ton of other ways you could have taken this and it would have been maybe a better option. But I do think, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I'd be uh, afraid the guy would lose his shit because yeah. you just killed this woman he loved. And even though it's a robot, he would yeah. like take the gun That's from you true. and shoot you. Well, and the <laughs> other thing is too, you could have, like, they didn't try to like, and not that, like, they're obviously we're, what we're shown is really all we have, but like, you couldn't have like taken out her memory chips or whatever version of that like you wouldn't have needed the body you could have just taken like the the personality part of it oh he, he needed the body he well he could have gotten another body on earth i was actually surprised that they didn't like take him back to earth you know get rid of alicia go back to earth and then like he's at a bar and runs across a human version of alicia or someone that looked close but i did when yeah. i was looking through this i kind of i the the idea of like how people come in and out of our life kind of came to mind like you have that person that comes into your life for a little while and then whether it be like some bad circumstance or some good circumstance, they get a different job, they move on, you mourn that loss, but then because of that person, you're better and more equipped to handle what comes next. And maybe she was like that stopgap that he needed to get over the loneliness to get him through to get him back to earth. Well, uh, I know that because we're we're theorizing on all this stuff and Absolutely. even me, I said, oh, I think it would have been better this way because all of a sudden I'm a writer, but um <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day i know the episode what it was trying to get across was like about technology and our relationship with it and i think in fact it even says on this thing i'm looking at it says uh the episode explores the reality of modern transhumanism and the societal acceptance of 
corrupted technology to replace or mimic human capabilities, emotions, interests, and understandings. And I think that looking at it from that perspective, that, okay, I see where they're coming. I see why I shot it. Mm-hmm. He's like showing that, hey, it's not real. Chill out. Because this was in a time when technology was like all this new technology was on like yeah. a crazy rise and people were afraid of these things. It's like, like now. It was, yeah, but I think that people now have a bit more of an understanding of technology, at least to a degree, as a whole, not everybody, True. but at least yeah. somewhat of an back then it was just like it was all it was all sci-fi. It was like, oh my God, that robots are robots are gonna take over and all this and that. And I think they were trying to go there. So I get where they're going with that. Um I do think I do <laughs> I still think that I wish they had gone the way I said, but of course I do. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, as far as like what they were trying to get across, I guess I understand that why they went that route. It's just, I don't know, maybe, maybe, and it may, this may be one, honestly, that is a little bit of its time. It's a little bit dated because we find it hard to like, kind of look at that. Cause look at the world we live in. We have assistants on our phones, little voices mm-hmm. and personalities that pop out of our phones that are robots. I mean, they, and we talk to them like willy nilly daily. We'll like pick up our phone and ask Google or Siri or whatever something. It's a norm for us. This is a normal thing. We're not afraid of it. Back then, there was kind of this fear that this technology is going to be our end yeah. and things like that. So maybe it's it's not as impactful to us because of that. Maybe. Well, I I, I got I got a whole story arc. I was thinking about this as you guys were talking. That's why I've been talking very much. <laughs> so here, here here's how I would. If I were Rod Serling today and I scripted this show, I would have Corey, I would have Alicia. They're on this rock. At least we may think it's Earth. They're in the middle of the desert. Maybe they love to be super hot, or I don't know. And, <laughs> they are super um, hot. Yeah. But we've been Already we've been with this. But there, you could spend <laughs> sweaty and sticky. <laughs> derailing your story (laughs) remember she Um, fills a void for him no he fills a void for her anyway (laughs) so so you have the story you're following these characters for 20 minutes or so you're getting all this back or not really backstory but you're getting all this development of these two characters and then at the very end alan b shows up we see that they're on a planet we see that he's convicted murderer he tries to explain that she is a robot. And in the process, he's not willing to accept it. And I was thinking you could go the route where he's always been trying to convince him that he's never been a murderer. He gets that pardon. And he's like, you know, the, the um, Alan B takes his gun out, but he, he wrestles the gun away from him. And either maybe Alicia gets shot that way by accident. We find out that it is a robot, and then, or you could go the route where he shoots Allenby, he shoots the other two characters, you know, Ted Knight or whatever, takes the ship for himself and goes. Please shoot them. Yeah. He goes on a wild bender across space yeah. and time. He's a space trucker. Yeah. You like, <laughs> With you Dennis take Hopper, a, Brad Dorf, <laughs> Stephen Dorf, space prostitutes. Have Brad Dorf too. Chucky's in this thing as well. Be- he, he takes the space car. pirates show up too. <laughs> Ice pirates. Oh my god. Space herpes. Unix uh, <laughs> on board, everything. He starts a whole civilization. Then they end up back at man Earth half it's... robot. <laughs> and suddenly man, he becomes a eunuch. <laughs> oh, poor Nick. I'm sorry. No, no. The, I, I had not, that's this not episode even, was supposed to end 30 minutes ago. <laughs> No, but he was, uh, he, he takes her to the ship and she's like, 
take me to space, Rocket Man, and uh, they fly <laughs> off, and you uh, you hear Rocket Man. <laughs> Take me to space on your dick rocket. You know that new sound you've been looking for? If we can afford uh, uh, Elton John's Rocket Man, it just plays as soon as she says that. The takeoff. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. uh, That's where I I would take the the episode. But um, with that said, um, we have some closing narration. And uh, Jacob, I'll let you finish it out. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I would love to. And my faux serling voice let's see here where's it closing narration oh it's a lot less than the first time thank god <laughs> for that easier. my eyes have dried up a little bit too soon not as you're in death valley aren't you that is juicy uh okay <clears throat> on a microscopic piece of sand that floats through space is a fragment of a man's life let to rest the place he lived in the machine and the machines he used Without use, they will disintegrate from the wind and the sand and the years that act upon them. All of Mr. Corey's machines, including the one made in his image, kept alive by love, but now obsolete in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> kept alive by love. <laughs> you know what? what's weird? So when I read the synopsis for this, because it had been a while since I saw it, when they said that he had machines, I assumed that like it was more than just a shack in the middle of the desert with you know just a car and then and then alicia to know that he had just two machines it's like wait a second that that that's weird <laughs> i mean he might have more machines like in a crate or something in there that we don't see because it was the 50s true. and they can't show everything that's true <laughs> there might be some machines of pleasure that they dropped off for him <laughs> he broke all those two they were hoping alicia would 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 last broken half in the first week telling you god (laughs) i will say so i remember when i watched this because it's been a while when they pulled out the gun i thought that he was going to jump in front of the gun and he would be killed and i don't know why that came to mind but anyway i mean that would actually still work into the whole thing that the episode was trying to get into how it was talking about our acceptance of technology and how there was this fear of it mimicking and taking over uh maybe not taking over physically but taking over his mind if you will and making him see it as a a real thing so much which i mean there's even you know we we hear stories similar to that nowadays with these people that have these love affairs with like dolls yeah like dolls and things like that and just really crazy stuff on the internet but i mean that would have probably still fell in line with what they're trying to say if he ended up dying you know he got his pardon and everything and they ended up shooting him accidentally what if what if the twist was hey the woman was real but he wasn't he was the robot oh there you go yeah. i like that that's that's like a very 2005 twist right there i like it <laughs> 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 which twist do you uh, want the 2005 or the uh 59 2021 um, would be that um he she was real he, but she is he a was he, a woman yeah. and he <laughs> was not real but he was a non-binary robot. <laughs> I don't know, something like that. We'd have to throw some buzzwords in there. Uh, good times, good times. But she's definitely a he. <laughs> no, this isn't, this isn't good. my channel. This, is, this, this isn't is my channel, by places. the way, so no offense to anyone. I'm just, I, I'm just haha, just joking. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so with that said, the episode is cut. officially... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, there's gonna be a lot of like, what is, what is going on? Why is Nick just staring in his face? There's like nothing going on there. <laughs> yeah, more of a dead uh, stare than I do. He's that one guy. His mouth's moving, but there's no words coming out. It's like he's muted. <laughs> why? Why is he quoting Field of Dreams? Yeah. What is going on here? And Triv's just going. Uh... <laughs> so with that said. With everything said and done, what would, uh, this episode to you guys, how would you, do you still love it after watching it? Is it still one of those episodes that you think is, you know, top tier Twilight Zone? I know, Jacob, you said that you like, you know, pretty much every Twilight Zone episode you think is pretty great. But what is your overall feeling of this episode, including intro, including robots and all that good stuff? <laughs> I mean, there's robots, so that automatically adds a few points. But um, <laughs> in all in all seriousness, the uh, I wouldn't call it. I don't know if I would call it top tier Twilight Zone. It's definitely not bottom tier, but it's it was a good mm-hmm. episode. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it. It did what it set out to do. I just like I said a moment ago. After talking about it, I do think maybe it is just a little bit more it's a little bit more difficult for us to look at it the way they intended originally because of the times that we live in and, and how we, it is one thing that has probably been dated about it. Not dated, just look, we look at it with a different perspective. That's why we're like, I think it should have ended this way. Different interpretation. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, that being said, just knowing where it's coming from, I do, I did enjoy it. I overall enjoyed it. It's not one of the worst. Once again, I haven't seen all these episodes and, 20-ish years so it'd be hard for me to like say oh it's better than this one or better than that one but it's yeah i can't say it's one of my favorites because there's like but i don't i can't remember how many episodes like 100 no there's like 150 right yeah somewhere around there yeah yeah so i mean I'd, it's probably if i just had to throw i'd say it's somewhere in the middle it's a solid episode i'd say upper middle i think because it is like it, it was a quick watch like it, it tells, and it tells, even though the story is relatively simple, it does manage to tell a relatively complex story or simply complex story in a pretty decent time. And the parts that they were kind of lacking on, I think they did try to bring up a part or bring across like the, the notion of her being extension of him, you know, liking the things that he liked to do get the development there based on that line, which was an intelligent line. So I got a question real quick, not to cut you guys off, but it did seem really quick and like i said it's been a long time since i've watched these were they all right there at about that 26 yeah. 28 minute mark or i just thought yeah, they, they all like run they all run really quick like yeah. we've watched six episodes and they all just like blast through pretty quickly well 16 millimeter shrine ran a little bit long and i felt like that De- uh, yeah. denton on doomsday was a little long too but i don't know why i remember them being an hour long there are some that the are like four seasons the four yeah. entire four seasons uh one hour each Okay, maybe and that's I don't they're know. they're way too long. Yeah, well, it's, and see, there's a thing I do wonder, like if they took this idea, we're sitting here saying we needed more, we needed that second act and all that. <laughs> if they stretch this out to an hour, would it be too much at that point? I wonder. Yeah. Well, see, that's where I'll get into my problems with the episode. It's that simple fact that, like I, we were joking earlier, but I I seriously think that if you were to do an episode like that and you kind of maybe took a step back, you have him already with the robot maybe he knows maybe she he doesn't know or maybe it's that kind of a nice surprise that we find out that she's a robot but you you have all that 20 minutes or 23 minutes before alan b comes out and you can just have a great dimensional 
you know pairing and i think when you say it's missing that second act that's the problem you throw in this whole like five minute segment of alan b and his douchebag uh, employees and then you throw in the the alicia character which is like 10 minutes at the most it, it, it starts to suffer a little bit there are episodes in this season the series which like uh, walking distance or escape clause is perfect it has a great beginning middle and end but some episodes just suffer because they feel like they're adding trying to thrust too much in there so maybe take a step back and that's just my opinion yeah i i, I agree I, I think that that would have been a good route for them to go because that whole first portion <clears throat> before alan b and everybody gets there to to give him the robot and all that stuff is just really illustrating how he's lonely which i feel like any human being could understand being stuck on a rock for two years all by yourself with just a shack and a non-working car yeah. would be really lonely they could have done that with some type of non-forced exposition con- conversational exposition and they're somewhere sure. closer to the end i do find that is a fascinating idea to take like this exact story and just tell it in a different way by saying oh, yeah they're together and he doesn't or we don't even know she's a robot until the end i did like that that you said a while ago that'd be a really neat more of a twist like twisty turny ending there at the end i don't how would the rest of the you know the other 20 minutes or whatever go i I would say you could almost uh, sorry to cut you off you could almost have it be the point where you never even see allenby until like the very end but yeah. he gets like his like his uh food and equipment just dropped from like a you know the spaceship like flies over or something like that or they have a lander that flies over drops the shit on the ground and flies off and you could have a uh, uh, Corey's character just drive up pick up the package realizes there's a gigantic box there and it has instructions open for sexy time and you know you take the <laughs> you take the woman back to the shack and you could have like 20 minutes right there. Just cut out the hour and be something. If it could wow. be 20 minutes, it wouldn't last 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> well, foreplay. 120 seconds. Cuddle. Maybe. Two years. Come on. And then who knows? He may have been in prison before. It may have been longer than two years. It said open for sexy time. It's getting opened right there. <laughs> out in the desert. He uh, is the only one there. He pours a hole in the side and goes to town. I'm going to get a sunburn on my ass this afternoon. <laughs> well, that's just my take on it. Like I said, it's not. It's not a bad episode, but after watching like Escape Clause and Walking Distance, the two episodes in a row, this just suffers a lot from the problems that like Mr. Denton on Den- Doomsday and 16 Millimeter Shrine. There's a-, a great concept there. I just don't think it's entirely executed very well and leaves a lot to be desired in the middle. Um, so that's just that's my LaCroix opinion. LaCroix. Are you saying, are you saying it? Are you saying it goes flabby or flaccid? Yeah, in the middle. It just loses its girth. It's flaccid right there in the middle. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> so before we move on to the next segment, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about on this episode? Do you have anything else you want to bring up about it? Anything that we missed? All that good stuff. Yeah, Trev, anything you want to bring up? Uh, like... Get into? <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to my point. Poke around. <laughs> You have any tips? Dive, yeah. I any, do not have tips. I just leave tip. those to my co my co hosts. <laughs> uh, just oh, a man. tip. Um, Besides that, I've got this mic back here, so you know it's I got everything I need. <laughs> this this is the yeah, this will be the episode. This will be the episode that breaks us out of nine viewers. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll have like six. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll have we'll have eleven. That'll be good. <laughs> you guys are putting a lot more uh a lot of faith in people coming to see me. Um <laughs> well they don't come to see me. You can tell by my channel stats. So I mean they come to see me, but they just yell at me. So well, at least they come, it's engagement. That's it. Yeah, at least they come. That's what matters. <laughs> they come all over the place. Exactly. So anyways, Matt, did you guys have anything else you wanted to say on the episode? <laughs> I mean, I, I think, you know, the fact that they they really went for, and I know that it was the 50s and it's definitely a, a different level of stuff, but the fact that they went to Death Valley to, to film this, I mean, they were going for a certain level of realism and I give them massive props for that because, you know, that kind of equipment now doesn't, very very well in extreme temperatures i can't imagine how much they went through then in filming this so we're gonna end this this entire crazy fest of innuendos we went off the rails so freaking early holy shit it's fine (laughs) that's Um, what i'm here to do yay (laughs) so we as you i'm sure you know jacob uh i sold this from another podcast but we're ranking the twilight zone episodes and since i don't know how much you really listen when you listen um episode the top ranked episode right now is walking distance which is about the guy in the the town that walks a lot um the second <laughs> wow we, that's that's that so profound i know uh, number two is, story. I, I gather there's a little bit more to it than that but you know that's a, yeah that's a good he sees his, he sees ron howard at some point i think <laughs> yeah. he goes um, back no. he goes back to his past and he tries to he re, like he goes back to the no. town when he was a kid and no uh, you're wrong he sees he sees ron howard and he's like opie Give me, catch me a fish. Yeah. So, anyways, we have walking distance to number one. Number two is one for the angels. Number three is escape clause. Four is Mr. Denton on Doomsday. Five is where is everybody. Six is the sixty millimeter shrine. Well, I'll ask the, both of you. What's that? Well, where would new, you? The only the only episode I haven't seen of you guys is, is the the newest one. I think it just posted today. Is it this recording? That's yeah, a yeah, that's that's the escape clause. clause. Escape clause. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway. um, so we're if you if you were to choose where would you place this episode like just in <laughs> well seeing as how i haven't seen the other episodes in 20 years uh going <laughs> off of you guys' shows listening to them probably above 16 millimeter shrine uh what was the other you one? say you would put middle of the road right uh, okay so yeah. yeah 16 millimeter shrine is of course at the bottom because it deserves that it's like um... sunset boulevard <laughs> yeah uh where's everybody is the pilot that's the one where the guy's walking around the town that has no no people in it it ends up being a pilot uh mr denton on doomsday is the one where the guy is a drunk and he uh um takes the tonic from henry fate yeah um um, escape clause is the guy who uh makes a deal with the devil i remember escape. it's not better than escape clause um it's gonna i mean just going off of my extremely bad memory Mm -hmm. i'm gonna say it's like from the bottom number one being the 16 millimeter shrine uh i'm gonna say it would be maybe number three okay so between escape clause and mr denton on doomsday uh, mr yeah. denton on Do- it's 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 you know right you know doing that number i mean because i just haven't seen him in so long and i'm a lot of it's going off of memory which is a terrible idea and hearing you guys' show it might be number two number two or number three of the episodes that you guys have already done well, let me ask you, Triv. Um, do you think that's actually pretty, pretty where I was kind of aiming? Do you think Mr. Den on Doomsday is a stronger episode? Do you think it has better character 
I mean, it doesn't have sexy robot, uh, but does it have <laughs> does it have better characterization and dimension to it? Um, to some extent, yes. Um, I, I feel like the ending was more. It had more of a happy ending, just because. And this is from a modern perspective. At the time, I think it probably would have been like this one above Denton on Doomsday, just because of the messages of the time and and how shocking it was. Um, but I. Uh, they would either tie or it would be Denton, I think, would be slightly above it, I think. Like the message yeah. is profound, but talking about it and kind of getting more in depth on it on both from a modern perspective and as of the time. Ah, See, this know. is this is my issue. And this is where it's gonna become a real problem as we get later in this in this the seasons when we get to like the sixties and seventies. Right. I like Mr. Den on Doomsday. I think it's a much better story. I even think Where's Everybody's a much better story because it's more, co- more cohesive. I think that middle act of uh, The Lonely is absolutely not good. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to see Alicia, but you've added so much of this intro and so much of this ending that it just feels like it falls flat. But like I said, I'm willing to bend for whichever number you want, which is and that didn't come out right but you know what i mean no i understand i understand so i should get a strap on then is what you're saying sure we'll do the she did uh... it she did it i didn't say a word <laughs> i was sitting here i said i'm not gonna say I mean, anything the thing <laughs> is, we'll, 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 we'll we'll talk um uh, we'll talk requiem for a dream someday right. you know mm-hmm. oh, well i mean double-ended <laughs> i mean okay so you look at you look at this one versus where is everybody both deal mm-hmm. with loneliness both deal or isolation and loneliness both deal with like space travel and all that kind of stuff (sighs) there's a lot about this episode that i liked i like the questions that it raises and some of the multiple interpretations that you could take it for me i Mm -hmm. think it's probably gonna go and i know i'm breaking with you on this but i feel like it's a little bit better than denton just because of the implications of of, it's a it's a bigger story that's where i'm at just and once again this is based off of you guys' show and my terrible memory i think that this the mr denton the that's the number the second worst at this point right uh, third worst so third it was worst. it was uh 16 millimeter shrine where is everybody and then where is everybody? Uh, denton i think that denton is probably better made mm-hmm. like a better uh, uh narrative as far as the way it's a better execution maybe from what i'm hearing but i think that the story and the implications and what this one's about and what it has to say is better than the den yeah yeah i mean that's that's fine like i said i'm not if we were to put it five or six i'd be whatever i just if i were to do a list i would probably put it near the bottom but you know as far as you know the episode itself i i'm perfectly happy putting it at number four i mean okay we have plenty of episodes to talk about in the future so <laughs> that number four it's gonna be like 136 by the time we're done so very possibly <laughs> yeah as long but, as this episode of the podcast is number one. Woo, well, oh, you yeah, know it is. Yeah. That goes without saying. It will definitely not be number two. I can tell you that much. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I was about to make a number two joke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you still could if you wanted to. I set it up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so we uh, have officially locked in uh, The Lonely at number four on our list from uh, best to worst. Number one, still walking distance. Though next week I'll... Uh, Contend that might change. Uh, the, the last episode in the list is 60 millimeter shrine. Um, but with that said, uh, the next episode is considered one of the great pieces of television, maybe in history. 
Oh yeah. Um, I would consider it probably one of the best and most depressing episodes you'll ever watch on the Twilight Zone, especially that ending. Uh, but Jacob, I know you've seen this before as well. Some as of the glasses, uh, right? Yeah, this is a uh, time oh, enough glasses at last. thing in the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, this has Burgess Meredith in his first of two great episodes. But you've all know you all know this episode. It comes pretty early in the series, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it. So. Was we was Burgess for- Meredith two episodes or four? Um, I only remember him in uh, this and the. Uh, um, hold on a second, let me look it up. Uh, I'm go all the way back. It's Amy's in a lot of shit. Not he was to, in not Rocky. To, yeah, he was also in. Uh, Could have been a contender. Yeah, he's a penguin. Oh, he was in four episodes. He was in. Time Enough at Last, Mr. Dingle the Strong, The Obsolete Man, which is another great episode, Printer's Devil, which I don't think I've ever seen. Oh, that's a that's a great episode. That's a that's a top ten one for me. Okay, that is a season four episode. That that's an hour long episode. That's why I, I don't I didn't watch a lot of episode four. I mean season also, four. So he also apparently narrated the Twilight Zone the movie or oh, Twilight yeah. Zone, not the Twilight Zone the movie, but you know what I mean. Right, I get you. He was the, the one where the the death of the helicopter death people. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He narrated that movie. The open. And uh, I think he was the Rod Serling of that movie. Mm. That makes sense. Which makes sense, you know. Rod Serling's dead, so they get the next best person. So. Well, and Burgess Meredith is just fun to watch, and he's such an interesting actor. I remember exactly. his voice. I remember because I didn't realize that was him until just now reading that, and I remember the, the narrator's voice. Mm-hmm. And it's just not the voice. I mean, I think about it and I'm like, okay, yeah, that is. It's like a cheery Burgess Meredith. Usually, and a lot of the stuff we get with Burgess Meredith, it's it's either kind of somber or, you know, of course we think of Nikki. Mm-hmm. And it's not that. It's more like a, it's upbeat. imagine a world where this is, you know, kids are kicking a can <laughs> down the street. Hey, guys, come on. Let's, there's this one kid. He makes his sister not have the mouth. And that shit's just crazy. But it's all right, guys. Dan actually, <laughs> I actually want to do that episode as like a Christmas special episode talking about the Twilight Zone movie, talking about how that yeah. fucked me up as a kid. I love that movie. <laughs> Such a it's disturbing Christmas. movie. It's not that great from what I remember, but it's it's awesome for me. <laughs> I mean, uh especially that it's a good life episode with the kid and like the weird cartoon house. It's that was disturbing as hell. That the, sh- the the sister that that scarred me as a child. When she's like, watch the TV and she's doing this, and it comes up. She's like, she's like all Matrix. She's like, I was like, oh my god, somebody's gonna do that to me because I talk too much. That's why well, actually the um, the other sister who gets eaten by the cartoon preacher is actually Bart Simpson's Tasmanian voice. Devil. Yeah, oh, you're Lee right. Smith, right? Uh, no, no, um, uh, Nancy, uh, Nancy. Cartwright? Cart- yeah, Nancy Cartwright. She was born on my birthday, believe it or not. Wow, that's cool. You're much cooler than she is, but you know, that's all right. No, I don't know about that. But no, um, shut your face. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> that'll be next week. We'll we'll get into the nuts and bolts of one of the best episodes in the Twilight Zone. Jacob, yes. I know you're probably tired. I know you want to go through that door and uh, sleep from all the movie you have been doing. Thank you so much for coming on. We will definitely have you in the future, mm-hmm. maybe in this season, hopefully. You. Yeah. 
I appreciate um, you guys having me on. I'd be more than happy to come back and talk more <laughs> Twilight Zone and derail the shit out of your your podcast here. Hell yeah! Hey, I look forward to it. Hey, you know uh, what? Nick's got to deal with the edit on this one, so please tangent away, my friend. Hey, I haven't. I edited a five-hour podcast down to an hour and a half. I think I can handle this. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, whole, work the whole they... time when it when it airs, the whole time is just going to be me doing this. <laughs> but the Talks edits are so choppy. It's like, it's like. <laughs> well, you are the king of uh, jump cuts, right? Yeah. Well, I was I the king of is, jump yeah. cuts. I, I don't know if I'm the king of them, but I definitely utilize jump cuts a lot. <laughs> if I did, anyways, didn't, you guys uh, would be, nobody would watch my videos if I didn't. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, where where can if they want to see your content, uh, where can they find you? Where can they see you? Where can they send you uh, robots? Uh, ooh, send me all the robots and send <laughs> them to my YouTube's channel at Jacob Andrews Reviews uh that's what it's called i'm also on twitter you can find me on uh at red neville too and uh i'm on facebook and stuff but i'm never on there so don't don't bother but well, yeah Facebook's i do dead right now yeah oh yeah i heard something what, what's it's back we'll, we'll talk about that later but um yeah. i think triv sent me something about that but anyway um i've been <laughs> a little disconnected uh for the past week or so but yeah youtube that's where i do all my stuff and i do some communication through twitter but check out my channel where i review movies and such really just movies not such just movies and uh <laughs> i i do series that nobody's uh really so interested in uh right off the bat like i did i reviewed every single video game movie ever made that took two years so check out that if you're into video game movies i have them all and right now i'm doing um among other movies i also do uh comic book movies where i'm starting with batman 66 and working all the way up to current day which that's at the moment 260 movies wow and they're so good he does such a great job oh well thank you and i highly recommend the friday the 13th especially jason takes manhattan which is one of your best videos oh, by God. the way <laughs> oh um, really yeah oh yeah was, i'm doing that, that right that, now I'm reviewing all those yeah, yeah definitely check those out uh triv as always thank you for yeah. coming on the host as you always I do hope so i mean i appreciate you saying that but uh i wouldn't be elsewhere it'd be weird to well have i mean lights on background you, you come you being part of the podcast as i always say is the only reason i'm doing it because i would not do this by myself so Aww. um anyway you say are you would you say that you'd be lonely without me? lonely i did say the thing <laughs> i could i could say that doing a podcast because i have a it's on hiatus right now, but I have a podcast as well, by the way, everybody. I've got a terrible awesome. job plugging myself, but doing one by yourself kind of sucks. <laughs> but he so, is still yeah. awesome, and it's worth a watch. Well, thank you, but yeah. Exactly. It's always better to have uh, 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 other people, a co-host or co-hosts, or just other people to bounce things off of. <laughs> well, you've exactly. dealt with my avatar ass a couple times, so hey, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> You've both been on there at some point. Yeah. I have, yep. But um, anyways, where can they find your content? Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Trivial Theater. Uh, I'm starting spooky month, so I'm probably not going to get out as much stuff as I'd like, but i um, kind of hitting a couple of different decades with the stuff that I'm doing. I also have some really awesome collabs coming up. Um, by the time this podcast, or by the time this goes live, I will have reviewed or will have uh, released my uh, collab with Jacob. And it's freaking awesome because it's on Freaked, which is a batshit movie, but it's so awesome. You have it to is. check it out. It's amazing. 
if you want to know about five finger penis di- or uh, <laughs> finger dicks, then you ha- totally have to check that out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, lots of dick dick hands. Yes, dick hands. Yeah, exactly. It's a good name. And dick um, <laughs> dick hands. <the> <laughs> And uh, with that said, um, you know, great content, as I always say, but there's also actually, Triv, I meant to ask you this. I was going to say something at the beginning, but we got into some really interesting content. You uh, posted a video about two days ago for a friend who apparently is having some trouble right now with some health issues. Can you go into Um, some detail about that? Yeah. So a friend of mine, uh, actually the artist that did my avatar and, um, She's a big Misty and just an overall amazing artist and, and person. And uh, she's in the middle of some really gnarly medical stuff. And she's got a GoFundMe as well as um, an online store where she sells really cool merch on t-shirts and stickers and all kinds of fun stuff. And um, right now they're actually doing a sale on um, on the website so you can get more for your money. And she's adding new designs uh, like quite frequently. So uh, go check it out. Um, I'm guessing links will be in the description. Yes, I will get those from you and then definitely put them down there. Awesome. So. I, you know, if you can't 100% understood, only donate or buy if you can, because obviously everyone is kind of strapped right now. So, but even just passing it on to other people and sharing it would be great. Um, so thanks so much in advance. Awesome. So yeah, definitely. If you have any semblance of just donating a couple dollars or something like that, definitely do it. It's definitely, you know, people are definitely sometimes put in situations where they have need for help and this is definitely a worthy cause so i'm actually planning on buying a t-shirt here soon so i was gonna say the merch like i i got i bought two t-shirts and it is the designs are just fun and they're perfect for halloween and any time of year really but uh yeah i they're awesome and highly suggest them and you can choose any kind of shirt you want sizes are pretty extreme you know they, they go both large and small sizes of all kinds and yeah totally suggest it I haven't seen the video yet, Triv. Is it for uh, the mutual? Uh, it's in no Seattle? one. Uh, no, this is okay. Uh, somebody different. So she's in Nashville, actually. So in Nashville? Yeah, her name oh. is Amy Hit or Jamie Hitchcock. I, I just moved from Nashville. Nice. No, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not. Uh, I mean, I I don't. I don't. I I mean, obviously Nashville is a big place, but she's a she did uh, trading cards for Mystery Science Theater back when they rebooted the series. Um, she does a lot of cool stuff like that she's just her artwork is really fun and I mean you can see by my avatar like it's really good quality stuff so oh yeah yeah I still don't know what you look like (laughs) well I look like this (laughs) the only thing not real in this shot is the coffee cup (laughs) he likes the double mics people I do like the double Um, mics (laughs) okay Uh, I, 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 nothing, nothing. nothing. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. Too. Anyways, so anyways, definitely check out the, the that stuff. Like I said, description below and all that good stuff. As always, Booby Emporium. That's where I'm at. If you want to leave a comment, leave a nice comment. If you don't, um, go talk about something. I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, anyways, Movie Emporium. I have also merch from you know Spring Tea or whatever it's called. So go there. And uh, that'll do it. That'll be this episode, which is season one, episode seven, The Lonely. And we'll see you uh, in the future in the Twilight Zone. Peace out, everyone. We'll see you. Bye. What? No, I'm no, I, I thought your Jacob head. Was what? What the hell did I say? No, no, no. I was <laughs> like, I was shaking my head, like I agree with you. Was like it's just crazy. I'm just like, why is it so quiet? Do you not agree with me? <laughs> it's a dead air.
the channel's ruined. Dead air. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck, uh, man. <laughs> agreed. 